This is the I Read Comic Books podcast, the very best podcast for regular comic book fans. I am your host, Mike Rappin, and joining me this week, four feisty foes flailing furiously for fun, Zach McCrary. What's happening? Our good friend, Danny. Hello, everyone. And the one and only Nick White. Yes, and Mike is definitely saying, thank God there's only one. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. I'm very happy that you're the only Nick White that I know. Um <laughs> <laughs> before before we start this episode i want to say a couple things first off this is episode 400 of i read comic books then and it somehow coincidentally i promise i did not fudge the numbers too much to make this happen this is also the ninth anniversary episode of i read comic books and i simply can't believe that that is eight years of i read comic books this is starting the ninth year we've been doing this show since 2015 and it feels like i'm still 25 26 years old i'm not actually that's what it turns out to be but this is an incredible achievement i'm very excited to get into it but we have to talk about comic books um and one other small announcement kind of a big announcement i, I do want to apologize to everybody a couple weeks back we did say we were going to be going to emerald city comic-con this upcoming year due to a bunch of things very much out of our control um that is not actually going to happen uh because of a myriad of circumstances. I'm very, very sorry if you purchased tickets in advance to go to this uh, because we were going. Um, I don't know how many of, the, of you out there did, but uh, unfortunately, we just can't make it. The IRCB crew just can't make it happen this year. We may try to go to another convention later this year. I will get serious, hardcore confirmation if we do, and I'll let you folks know as soon as we know. But um, just wanted to throw that out there uh, just as soon as possible because we just really figured that out this past week. But we're here to talk about comic books. We're here to do the thing that we do every single week, and we've been doing on this show for eight years, going on nine, and that is talk about comic books. So I have to ask you two legally mandated questions. That is, how have you been? How have comic books been? I'm going to kick things over to, I think, Zach, you're the first person on my list. Zach, let's start with you. That's me. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, everything's been pretty solid. Everything's coming up Millhouse in life. And uh, this month's been pretty wild. I've read 114 comics, like 26 different series, because on my show, I've been doing a New Year's comic spree trying to catch up on 2023 books. I, I've been following some of that. I didn't I didn't actually do the math. That is an incredible number of comic books. Holy shit, <laughs> it's dude. been insane. Yeah, I, I did it to, to like to have like a chill month of like catching up. But then I was like, I just want to read all of them. It's been so many. Chill month. Yeah. yeah. Chill month. He yeah. says it's January twenty first. I, 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 I think you and Merriam Webster might need to sit down and review what <laughs> chill means. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, this feels and, like Greg Turkington's like a film a day or whatever, 500. Yeah, 500 films in 500 yeah. days. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Zach, you, so you read 114 books. Tell us about one, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So Good one luck. of the books that I, that I read that I really enjoyed, it was one that I started back, like when it first dropped early in the year and never came back to because that's what happens. Uh, it was Behold Behemoth from Boom Studios. I read all five issues written by Tate Broomball. Art by Nick Robles, uh, letters by And World Design. Um, so, like I said, it's only five issues. It's a very easy read with great pacing. Stories got a lot of ground to cover in five issues. And though I I wouldn't have minded seeing it get a few more issues to really flesh out this world we're in and see these characters surviving in it, Broomball like deftly moves along, and it and it never really it never feels disjointed or rushed as we we go between before the fall story and the after the fall story because we're, we're following this 
We're following this social worker named Grayson who is at, at his estranged police officer brother's funeral. And dude has been having these like massive headaches and terrible dreams. And it seems to be hanging. He seems to be hanging on a thread. And uh, one of his cases, because like I said, he's a social worker, is this little girl named Wren who's being abused by her foster father. And when when Grayson, he finds her at the center of a murder, the dominoes kind of start quickly falling and show that she is directly connected to the problems he's having. And uh, and so, okay. yeah, it's 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 wild. And so there's before the fall. Uh, that story is where we get filled in on what exactly is happening to Grayson and Wren and how they're connected to one another. And which is pretty crazy and very much a part of what leads to an apocalypse that gives us the after the fall story. And it kind of goes back and forth. And the after the fall story introduces like a broken earth plagued with like demons and these giant creatures called behemoths who destroy as much as the demons do, but seem to be fighting them. And at the core of it, always being hunted are Grayson and Wren, who are actually trying to find the place where it all started and trying to save the world. It's 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 wild. It's and, and if they do all this all in five issues. So light, easy, breezy read. Great for some downtime. <laughs> yep. Real chill. The, the, the yeah, Joe yeah, pair yeah. of comic books. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. put you to bed. Exactly. OK. It's, yeah. You know, just something mild to relax to. Now, isn't this the author who worked with uh, Lemire on a couple yes. of the Black Hammer books? He's yeah, I believe one. so. The yeah. Barbarian, I think it's called. I believe so. The yeah. Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Barbarian. I don't know. Barbalian, Barbarian. John Steinbeck? Yeah. John Steinbeck. He's also working on the Christopher Chaos book over at Dark Horse that's like with yeah. James Tinian and Oh yeah. Uh which is a lot of Tate Rumble's a, a great talent. But I will say, Zach, totally. I have read this book as well. And every time I look at Nick Robles' art, I think, is he the best artist working right now? Like it's so dude. good. It's so good. It's so detailed and it's like, and like, man, there are some splash pages of this like broken earth that are just gorgeous. Well, I, I did a I did a quick Google search for Nick Robles because I'm not super familiar with his work. And Google Images wanted to just show me mostly half naked men <laughs> because he's drawn some very fan favorite characters such as Nightwing and Gambit, very in Nightcrawler, mostly naked oh. um, as covers for different books. So I guess, you know, those are some good looking men. And uh, Nate Robles definitely nailed it. <laughs> I never thought about seeing like night, night Nightcrawler dangle. That's a that's an interesting thing. I mean, we don't get the full dangle. We just get, uh, you know, a hint at dangle. Oh, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> just a quick bamf away dangle. Yeah, yeah. Very, very close. Um, Danny, <laughs> uh, we're going to move on. Uh, how about you? How have comic books been? How have you been? Uh, I've been doing very well. We survived the freeze of uh, of 2024 over in Texas. Okay. Uh, we were stuck at home for a couple of days by choice, really, because there was not a lot of precipitation. We mm-hmm. just don't like it when it's cold and, you know. We're not ready All for it. All the way out in the desert. Yeah. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but it was it was a great time to catch up on comics. Uh, there's some stuff that I've been really excited for. There's a lot of stuff that I've been reading. Uh, not on the level of Zach, uh, because <laughs> I also watch movies, so I don't have time to do that. But uh, the one thing I want to talk about today, it's uh, Cobra Commander, number one. From Image Skybound, this is the next addition to the Energon universe. Now, for anyone watching on Twitch, I'm going to show you because I got got the blank cover, and then I got the main cover, and then I got one more cover uh, because I love love it. 
I like how Danny says for anyone watching on Twitch, and then he shows us a blank sheet of paper almost immediately. I, like, I thought that was a joke. I thought that was a bit. I thought that okay. was so good. I was like, Danny. Well, this is the before, right? So whenever convention season hits around uh, here in Dallas, then I'll have somebody draw me a nice uh, Cobra Commander to uh, to get, get into that. But let's talk about the book because it was fantastic. Uh, this is written by Joshua Williamson with art by Andrea Milana. Colors by Annalisa Leone. Letters by Rose Wooten. Uh, which Ross Wooden, I think he's pretty much lettering everything over at Skybound, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, seems like it. Uh, this is another miniseries. So there are two miniseries for G.I. Joe stuff. One's the Duke miniseries. This is the other book. Uh, the Rise of Cobra begins here in a world where the Cobra organization has informed one man's sinister plan to utilize the mysterious alien substance known as Energon sends shockwaves across the globe. Who is Cobra Commander? Where does he come from and what horrors is he planning to unleash that will rock the world and maybe the universe to its core? Um, so <laughs> go ahead. Go so ahead, like Mike. They're also dealing with Energon in the G.I. Oh. Joe books, too. Oh, yep. Energon is fueling uh, this whole universe, Mike, literally and figuratively. Um, okay. I'm just so, so okay. mad because honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed all of Void Rivals and I just have no interest in picking up any of this other stuff. My, Nick, oh, they're man. so good. They're it so is good. so Danny, good. T- before we these get into that, these are wholly unbiased opinions, too. I'm sure. Yeah, that... Danny, tell us, tell us what you liked about this book before Nick starts to just tear it down from the get go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I've never read a Cobra book, uh, and I've read very little GI okay. Joe. I've read, you know, I've, I'm sure I've watched other than those awful movies that we got <laughs> in the early aughts. Um, I don't know much about GI Joe, so this was a whole new thing, uh, but. The book does a really good job at being very welcoming to a new audience. Uh, it really dives into the lore. It it talks about how ruthless Cobra Commander is. We get a little bit into his uh, backstory, into the deep lore of uh, Cobra La, which is like the land where he comes from. Which what? I think I think it's a play on Shangri La. Yeah, yeah, um, seems sure. But I don't know, uh, GI Joe fans, please let us know somewhere in the chat. Send Mike an email. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I. I know very little. There is, there is a noise that uh, when when some of the people that live in Cobra La are revolting, they yell like Cobra La 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 La. And you just see like, like that across big letters, <laughs> which I found very funny. Um, but it also expands the Energon universe. Like I won't go into spoilers because I think that's a really neat surprise. Although if you mm-hmm. have seen the Skybound uh, YouTube channel, they kind of spoil the surprise themselves when they drop sure. the trailer. Uh, classic publisher moment yeah but it's it's a lot of fun like i like that it's a standalone thing for sure like if you just want to hear about cobra commander and how messed up he is because the mm-hmm. book it's if you read the preview pages it's very messed up like uh the colorist is using all the red ink they have uh, on, on their <laughs> I palette see. i see uh but yeah really cool character designs uh everything in cobra la has a like a really nice coloring too because it, it feels alien so i don't know if it's within earth if it's a different dimension I don't really know, and I don't think we mm-hmm. got the full answer in this first issue. Uh, but I'm sure there's other people that are yelling like, "Oh, we you should already know this or whatever." But listen, I'm a new I'm a new fan to this, so uh, but I love it nonetheless. So all the books are really good. Transformers, Duke, this one. I, I'm I'm actually behind on Void Rivals because it is the most disconnected book uh, mm. of of all these. So, but yeah, that's what I've heard too. Highly recommend it. You don't have to pick up as many variants as I did. <laughs> uh, but there's some really good ones. If if anybody finds the David Mack one, like 
you struck gold. So, but um, let's see. What about you, Nick? What have you been reading? How you been? Uh, yeah, things have been good. Um, West Michigan weather watch would be snow is made. <laughs> snow is done for now. I I think between um last Friday, I mean like roughly like ten days ago, last Friday and now we had maybe. Oh God, I don't know. Maybe eight, 20 inches of snow total altogether. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to not be dealing with that. Just finished watching uh, the Lions beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I've gone and dated the show. Mike will be very happy to hear that. <laughs> I mean, we dated it with the numbers, so yeah, you yeah, know yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. So uh, a couple people from the show watched along on Twitch. That was fun. Thanks everybody for joining, Danny included. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about the next game. I'm not going to make any sort of predictions. Just hesitantly optimistic i'm not gonna jinx anything i'm not putting anything on the written written audible record for people to come (laughs) back to about that so we'll leave that where it is we'll see if the ai overlords disagree with you in six weeks after this transcript gets processed (laughs) (laughs) but um i read our bones dust number two um, I'm just going to say it. I, I firmly believe uh, we're what? We're in January. This is going to be mm-hmm. one of the best issues of the year. I'm already oh, wow. saying that, hands down. Yep. Um, if you thought issue number one was weird and mysterious, issue number two basically fucking flips the script and says, like, what you think you know may not be true. And I'm mm-hmm. going to tiptoe around a bunch of this. Obviously, this is Ben Stenbeck, fresh off of Our Mice and Men, fresh off of Travels with Charlie. He established novelist who then died and then came back and wrote comics. Um, that's a nice callback, everyone. <laughs> no, not, not, not at all. There. Yep. Not at all. Just this anyway, guy. Anyway, Dave Stewart on colors, Russ Wooten on letters. Again, these two are on every book. I know we already covered a Russ Wooten book. Here's another Russ Wooten book. A um, mm-hmm. couple thoughts. Uh, Stenbeck draws oversized mutant mutated lizards really well. Uh, just saying it. They look okay. great. Um, amazing issue. Great piece of storytelling. If it sounds nebulous, you really need to read this for yourself. If you're reading this book and you or you haven't gotten to this issue yet, just get pumped. Read this book now. Um, Stenbeck continues to be an absolute master of nonverbal storytelling. If you need any totally. proof, just look at the scene where our protagonist kills the lizard and then looks to its young and then the way he just sort of looks like aghast and he sort of curls up in the fetal position and nothing is said and you get this really interesting moment where you suddenly realize you're dealing with a guy who just despite the brutal setting he's in like he doesn't re- he doesn't relish killing in fact he doesn't even seem comfortable with it and again that's just really weird when you look at all of the other people we've been introduced to in this universe right. and it just creates this sheer amount of mystery about who this character is and why this world seemingly hasn't shaped him the same way that it's shaped all of these other people that surround him and who want to kill him for the you know for the most part yeah also in terms of the who are the observers and what's the relationship between the observers and the observees it might not be what you think it might Dick. not be what you previously think. That's all I'm saying about that. Also, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Might not be what you think. Might not Listen. be what we've previously said. That's all I'm saying there. I'm tiptoeing. I am. This... I am. I am. This is a high wire act at the the Barnum <laughs> Circus, and I am going across the. This is me. You know. You know. On the tightrope. You're you're definitely definitely on a rope. I think that's that's for sure. Um, <laughs> this. <laughs> This issue is fantastic, and I totally agree with pretty much everything you've said. The The best part of this issue is something I can't speak about because I think that Steinbeck basically takes a stab Steinbeck. at the reader. 
Stenbeck, excuse yes. me. Sorry. Stenbeck <laughs> takes a stab at the reader and says, you had no idea what this book was. Um, <laughs> and I really appreciated the way that that was let out. Um, like we got crumbs, but it turns out that they weren't crumbs at all. They were just small pieces of arsenic. Yeah. Um, so fantastic issue. Totally agree. I think you're right. This is probably one of the better issues I've seen in a long time. Um, this four issue series is probably going to be the best trade that you can buy this year, hands down. Um, just going to say that without have, without really knowing what the next two issues have in store. Um, Stenbeck's art is incredible. Dave Stewart is doing some of the best color work um, that I've seen in a minute. So like nothing but high praise for this. Our bones dust number two. Totally with you, Nick. Well, it looks yeah. like I'm going to have to do a 115th and 116th yep. issue for this month because you guys are selling me on this book. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And like, what 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 the fuck is the centipede thing that talks in computer speech and seems <laughs> to have a blanket <laughs> with human up. skin? Just, What's going on? What's Nick, going on? Leave it. That's leave not it, a reveal. That's mystery. <laughs> People are going to hear that and be like, what? What is Nick? Is Nick on bath salts? Like, what's <laughs> yes. happening? He won the Lions won and Nick just started injecting drugs. Um, <laughs> and and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the little disclaimer at some point that anytime these guys say Steinbeck, they mean yeah. Steinbeck. So because I had to put That's that true. in the first video that we did. Yeah, yeah uh, you're right. You're right. So there you go. Steinbeck. I'm sorry, Steinbeck. I got you guys covered. Um, editor's note. Yeah. That's what editor's notes are for. They're in the comics and now they're true. in our videos. Read this exactly. book, read this book, read this book, read this book. Yes. Put that I'm on the back read of the this book. Nick, put that I'm, on the back of the trade. Just me Nick, and just a long I'm, block of read this book, read this book, read this book, read this book. I'm moving on. <laughs> I've been good. Um, it's been a frantic day, me trying to get ready for this episode because I can't believe that again we're at 400 episodes. Uh, I've been sitting with this fact for a little while, and it's it's amazing to actually be here. So hello, everyone out there on Twitch land. I'm I'm so glad that you're here. Um and I appreciate the harassment, I guess, in the in the chat. But I read a book uh, called Stray. It's this book here, this little tiny book. Um, this is by Molly Mendoza. It's published by Bulagan Press. I mean, I think I'm saying that wrong. Let me double check inside this book. Bulgahan Press uh, it's published in 2022. It's like a 52 page story. That's like a super indie, super moody book about like heartbreak and not loving or loving yourself um, and others. Uh, I don't really know how to put a finger on describing this book because it isn't as much about finding love as it is about not letting people love you. Like this book is a weird mix of characters who, particularly one character who is trying to get over heartbreak by finding another person and not letting that other person actually love them or let them in. Um, but at the same time, the book ends in this nebulous, is that all relationships in the end um like we all have to deal with how we grapple with the ideas of like former heartbreak and former and trust issues and all this other stuff um and i mean this it's it's a really i don't know a lot of other prose books and a lot of other comic books i think take hundreds and hundreds of pages to try to get you to these same thoughts that this book was able to manage in just 52 um which i find to be really impressive and i think that is a compliment not only to uh mendoza's ability to write uh, characters that have a lot of distinct voices like there's three characters that kind of float through this story um, in a very strange way because their art is like it's extremely emotive and I, I'm sorry if you're listening to this episode but you should have been here live with us on Twitch um, some of the art in this book is just like it's it's gorgeous it's it, it it depicts so much just with like the color work and there's like this really beautiful mix of metaphor and reality where you kind of start to question what is real what isn't um and she 
constantly abruptly brings you back to the present to try to like reestablish reality. And then it starts to blend again with fantasy. Um, and I say fantasy, not, not so much as like swords and elves and all this other stuff, so much as this surreal reality that our main character kind of lives in. And not really a lot of people are named in this book. So I'm, I'm sorry if I'm kind of skirting around details here, but um, the book is called stray and it is about the person who our main character ends up meeting named stray. Um, and there's this kind of question of like, were they in love with this person or was it just a cat or was it like something else? Um, I really, really had to sit with this book after I finished it because I had to process a lot. And again, for a book that's only 52 pages long, it's very impressive to be able to deliver such like a strong story in such a small amount of time. Um, so if you're looking for something that's really off the beaten path, very indie, very moody, um, highly recommend Stray. But it is a book that is heavy as hell. Like, I think there's a lot of heavy everything into this book and I, I can't really throw like a content warning about a specific thing but it is like an emotionally heavy book and i i love that i really really love that when books are able to do that so stray by molly mendoza <clears throat> seems like a pretty small book to me like i don't yeah. know i don't know how heavy it can be listen oh, i'm punching boy. through the internet right dad now jokes. don't you dare <laughs> danny with the I, dad jokes i did have a i did uh, have a quick, quick question uh mike yeah speaking of the size of the book for your reading experience, is it weird like reading a, a book that's a different size? Because the reason I read most of my stuff digitally is because mm -hmm. as a glasses wearer, it's just a lot easier to like read digital screens, I feel you yeah. know, where you can kind of zoom in and out and stuff. But sure. how is it reading even uh, this book is even smaller than regular size comic? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit bigger than like your traditional manga volume, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I think what's what's really interesting about books like this and I think about interesting, interesting about comics in general is like the size of the format can really kind of influence how you feel about the book sometimes. Like, I think manga has this perfect handhold size. I think there's something about the reason manga volumes are the way that they are is for like pocketability and carryability and all this other stuff. But indie books like this, like this is like, a, it's got a very hard like spine. So it's kind of hard to like hold open. If you notice, like the binding is very tight. And I don't know, I feel like that that influences me in like a positive way because it gives me a vibe for the book before I even dig into it. Um, like, cause I, you know, especially when it comes to indie publishers, a lot of the times, you know, they're very meticulously picking the types of paper and stock and cover grade and all this other stuff because they want the book to feel a certain way. Like I can pull up two other books that I have at home from the same publisher, um, like faster by Jesse Lonergan is like this paperback, almost zine style book. And I think he did that intentionally. He wanted it to feel fast and loose because the book is literally about people driving fast and going crazy because they're on like this fantasy F1 racing track. Right um so I, the, the the feeling and size of this book is intentional i think reading it okay. digitally you kind of lose a little bit of that now i'm not this is not me saying you gotta go physical or nothing else because i disagree with that wholeheartedly but i do really appreciate like the care that went into how this book feels um because that is very very important and i think a lot of creators who are publishing and self-publishing or publishing through smaller publishers do that intentionally and we get that sometimes in indie or image and boom and so on and so forth where we get like special paper stock like the enfield gang massacre for instance mm -hmm. um where it's got that paper stock that is intentionally meant to like wash out all of Jacobs's Phillips's colors which is crazy to me because that book looks totally different digitally than it does in paper it and does. I'm glad that I own both for that reason yeah um so anyways long story short um it influences me in a good way how about okay. that and pretty yeah. soon you'll be able to carry Watchmen in your pocket when DC puts out those little right. little manga sized uh, uh right. collections so you can have it which all is 
Who's who? How are you going to read the lettering in that book at That's a size that small? That's I, I can't asking. even imagine. You got to carry Listen, on a magnifying glass. We'll talk about that in the second half. We have so many freaking comic books to get to, and we are like thirty minutes in. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna bounce back over to you, Zach. What's another book that you've read recently? All right, I uh, I read issues one through eight of Local Man from Image Comics, written, created, and art by Tony Fleeks and Tim Seeley. Are, uh, the Colors by Brad Simpson and Felipe Sobriero. Uh, this book, in a lot of ways, is a love letter to like 90s era image comics, like that schlocky, good, delicious Cyber Force, Shadowhawk, Youngblood, and whatnot. And Celia yeah. Fleeks are like very direct about that in their editorial mm-hmm. section in the back of each issue. But even if they didn't, it's like glaringly obvious. Like local man, and they and they reference these characters, so it's almost like this character lives in that world, and uh, which is kind of fun. So local man is a story of a '90s style edge lord hero named Crossjack, who's part of a team in the Image universe called Third Gen, your typical '90s corporate run hero squad. You know, uh, dude gets the boot from the team and shunned by the community, stripped of his code name, penniless, moves home with his parents in a small town in Middle America. And of course, him being there sets off a chain of events that just uh, shows his sleepy town isn't as sleepy as it seems and that there's maybe some nefarious shit going on under the surface stemming from his superhero youth. Uh, This book is it's a lot of fun. I can't believe I slept on it for so long because I like I I I won't say I went out of my way to ignore it, but every time I would look at it, be like, maybe nah, and I would just walk past it. You know, it was that kind of thing. But man. It's so cool. It's so much fun. It jumps between art styles with the present day, giving me like hard Matt Fraction, David Aja, Hawkeye run vibes from the style and the color palette choices. And okay. then when we learn, uh, we we learn about Crossjack and his time with Third Gen, uh, what I and what got him booted. It's straight up like '90s style, sexy women poses, dudes with giant shoulder pads and giant muscles. Like very 90s, like they did sure, not sure. shy from it. And I, I love it. So, so the story has a nice balance of down on his luck. Loser has to rebuild and small town detective story with some like over the top image superhero shenanigans for flavor. Like there's this ridiculous guy called Cam- like the camo crusader who is like a, an evangelical Uh-oh. superhero. Uh-oh. And it's, it gets, it gets pretty wild. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's, I, I, hold on. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And, and again, you, even with the way the story is being told, I'm reminded of that Hawkeye run, but way more adult, like, accidentally getting high on mushrooms and sending wiener pics to your ex-girlfriend without while illegally doing detective work that kind of adult yeah oh (laughs) i mean yeah it is it's tim seeley writing the book right so yeah yeah, that's that's yeah that's true yeah and jack is like this lovable loser who you see continuing to actively screw up but he's trying to find his way back to like the core of who he was which was someone who wanted to do good and make the world a better place but he just got caught up in being a hero and being a celebrity and if you're like me and you slept on this book man i i can't suggest it more but it's not for the kids okay (laughs) okay This, I I don't know what to ask you more about this book because I'm scared of what you might say. <laughs> you know, uh, there, I, I you know I I also slept on this book. I saw it and I was like, yeah, 
looks fun, but also like maybe not my shtick. If it's all out, maybe I'll give this a try. This doesn't. This it's is, it's still ongoing. The library if they have it's, it. it's still oh, it is ongoing. Yeah, yeah. The I think issue nine is out. I think. Yeah, the first volume okay. is out. Yeah. Okay. But the book is still rolling. Yeah, like I read the first arc and then like just ran into the second arc because I was so into it. I just kept going. Gotcha. Cool. Nice. Uh, Danny, what about you? What else you've been reading? Well, Mike. First of all, we have breaking Texas weather watch news. It is now snowing in Dallas. Wow, it is snowing right now. It wasn't snowing when we started this show, but it is snowing now. Okay, Uh, well, I hope you got your salt ready. Uh, you got a the temperature is around 40, so I don't, I don't even know why it's snowing. Like, scientifically, I don't think that's how that works. (laughs) Uh, I mean, well, Danny, if you remember from high school or elementary school science class, the air up there is cold, and the air down here is not as cold. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and check out that uh, episode of Bill Nye again. So just throw in a, the more you know, the little stars, you know, the little you know, noise that I, I, happens as the star goes across the, the screen, please. Yeah, I perfectly described it. So um, anyways. But now as far as uh, another book that I read. So uh, there's this really cool magazine called 2000 AD that for a long time I have not been reading. But mm-hmm. Paul talks about it all the time. He's very excited about it. Uh, and I do really like Judge Dredd. So this week I was scrolling through uh, Twitter and I saw uh, 2000 AD were promoting this new story in the Judge Dredd magazine. Uh, and then I was like, oh, let me see what else they have going on. Recently, they started a new story called Judge Dredd, A Better World. So I read parts one, two, and three. Uh, so this is in issues 2364 to 2366 so it is an anthology magazine these stories are about six to eight pages long so i kind of read like an issue of the whole story really yeah um so this is written by rob williams and arthur wyatt with art by henry flint letters by annie parkhouse uh and here's a quick synopsis of the story because it just it just started very recently i think the book the magazine comes out weekly if i'm not mistaken yeah Uh, paul can correct me on that later on uh but in mega city one home to over 200 million citizens this urban hell is situated along the east coast of the post-apocalyptic america crime is rampant and the only future cops are the judges empowered to dispense instant justice can stop total anarchy toughest of them all is judge dread he is the law now, accounts judge Mainland has been conducting an experiment in Sector 304 in a bid to reduce crime. And what is this experiment? How about if we how about if we solve crime by educating our citizens rather than using constant violence? Oh my huh. god. <laughs> what a concept. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, How does this go wrong? Or is this just a story that is going to like further prove that Judge Dredd is like this horrible, horrible fascist that you should not root for? Where it goes wrong is that the powers that be, they don't want this experiment to succeed because they like the status quo. So Dredd, so funny enough, Dredd is kind of doing his own thing. He's doing something else. But Judge Maitland is kind of our protagonist in this story. Uh, So everything, you know, you get to see a lot of that stuff. Um the book isn't subtle at all, and I kind of appreciate that. Like, I really like that it's kind of in your face about it. Also, mm-hmm. this is a book from the UK, so like, they're not—they're just kind of speaking in general terms because obviously fascism is a worldwide problem. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, the art is very clean. All the characters just look—they look either super badass or kind of gross. There's no in between with 2008 D art. I feel like. Yep. yep. Uh, which I like. I said I'm really enjoying. 
Uh, it's very well paced. The chapters are broken up very neatly. Uh, it, it really feels like I'm just reading a, a chapter on Shonen Jump, but it, this is about, you know, UK uh, stories instead instead of manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm completely sold on 2000 AD. Uh, so I'm going to be checking out a few more stories. Uh, I was also already a fan of Rob Williams because he's writing Petrol Head uh, with mm-hmm. Pi Power uh, on Image. So like, Hell yeah! I don't know if you're not reading that. If you're not reading uh, Petrolhead, you're re- definitely missing out uh, on some really cool art and also some really cool storytelling. But yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, this will be kind of like revisiting an old friend here because I've read Judge Dredd stuff in the past and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Uh, and I feel like I'm really fully in now. There's a couple of other stories that I'm reading, but those are in the Judge Dredd magazine which is a different okay. thing from the 2000 AD magazine. That's the part that I'm still a little confused on, like uh, what like what book is which and all that stuff. So, But I'll figure it out. Gotcha. If not, I'm sure Paul can give me some pointers uh, yeah. on how to read all this stuff. But yeah, really fun stuff. Highly, highly mm-hmm. recommend. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because the, I feel like the art of writing an eight-page story is like a very, very fine one, right? It's... I, I've read like plenty of uh, Judge Dredd stories like Paul and I did a whole thing where we, we did the read a bunch of Judge Dredd stories way back in the day and talked about them a bunch like the uh, uh, what was it the travel of the curse lands or something like that the curse lands where Judge Dredd basically had to ride a motorcycle across America it was awesome um, and those books are so wordy they are super duper wordy I, I guess my question is has that continued into the modern day Dredd did you feel like there was a lot of words in order to like convey things or is it like a modern day comic where it's it's kind of paced in the same way maybe this is then you know maybe this is williams and Wyatt. like maybe they have a different writing style but i didn't mm-hmm. because i as you guys may know i'm not a wordy book kind of guy either so oh, like, yeah. i think yeah. i think that's one of the reasons i haven't gone back to read some of the older older judge dread because sure. i know it's pretty wordy uh they did they, they let this the art tell you a lot about the story too like they're nice. really good at that so i feel like they're being cautious and also just kind of very holding back on on dropping a lot of dialogue if it's not needed uh i like that they i feel like they're giving me as the reader enough credit to know that i'll figure it out Mm -hmm. like if i need to uh but yeah i don't think that's i think that part has changed or maybe just this creative team is approaching it differently gotcha cool that's that's very exciting to hear um i feel like i can't get on board with another ongoing series like this but I might have to. We'll see. Uh, Nick, <laughs> uh, before I talk myself into this, uh, is there another book you want to talk about real quick? Yeah. I mean, other than the fact that I would, uh, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting like the Judge Dredd plot line where he wakes up in our world and he's suddenly like an overworked public defender. I feel like there's definitely, <laughs> sure, sure. definitely something there. And now there's a whole bunch of writers out there saying, well, I can't use that idea if they even thought it was good. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got another book and it sort of coincides with um, my... Uh, sort of mentality for January 2024, which is, you know, same old me, new ideas. They're still awful. Um, <laughs> one of them being um, that for some reason I was like, you know what I'm going to do finally. Uh, I, I think I'm going to actually learn how to play magic, uh, magic, the gathering. Um, I sort of have some weird fond nebulous memories. I shouldn't say fond. They're just more weird and nebulous 
of um, sort of like family get togethers. And my cousins were always playing all these different card games and mm-hmm. they were they were older than me by like four or five years. And like two of them had Magic the Gathering back in the mid 90s and they were just all arguing and shouting. And I remember like walking into the room where they were playing Magic and had they had these cards on the table with like skulls and like fire spells. And they're like, get out of here. <laughs> and and that happened more than a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so I think I always somehow buried that memory in the back of my head as like this like hidden club that I needed to be a part of stupidly. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> so here we are 2024 in the year of our Lord, uh, you know, nearly basically 30 years later. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, there's, there's something I need to go after. There's, there's some untapped potential. So I've, I've started learning and I picked up a couple, you know, trainer kits or whatever. And, in line with that, I was like, hey, wasn't there a comic? So uh, I decided I was going to read the first couple issues of, well, it's just simply called Magic. Uh, not even an exclamation point, not even Magic the Gathering. Uh, so I read the first three issues of Magic. It's written by mm-hmm. Jed McKay, who I believe is currently doing some books for uh, Marvel. I think he did yep. Ghost Rider recently. Um, with Ig- uh Okay, yeah. Uh, with Iguara on, on art. I believe did Blue Beetle at the beginning of the New 52. Um, Ariana Consani on letters, sorry, on colors with Ed Dukeshire on letters. Uh, the series launched at Boom in April 2021, ran for 25 issues. They're all on Comixology Unlimited for anyone who's interested. Um, they also did some mini series and one shots after the end of that. The series was previously at Dark Horse during the 90s and at IDW for most of the 2010s. Does it offer a lot more mileage for? For those who are steeped in the Lord, uh, sure. Does it make everyone else feel like they're kind of in over their heads? Yeah, understandable. <laughs> uh, look, like right away, the book sets up like a really small, basic foundation, which I think most readers can follow, which is that magic, the, the book a- and the card game, I guess both, uh, take place in a multiverse. And that's made up of lots and lots of different planes. That's P-L-A-N-E-S. Mm-hmm. Uh Planeswalkers are special individuals capable of traversing between the planes, and they also possess special powers. And it's the sort of conceit that pretty much anyone who's dabbled in science fiction literature or has read a couple of big two books here or there should be pretty comfortable with. Um, Of course, magic has existed since the mid-90s, so anyone who's like, oh, you know, magic is ripping blah, blah, blah off, like, it's it's been around for a while. Um, The book... Uh, actually has a pretty good eye for stylized action and Kansani's colors are wonderfully neon and bright. And it follows a trio of planeswalkers who are basically investigating assassination attempts made against themselves. Um, And I can say after reading a couple issues that McKay actually does slowly start meeting out some of the core core background details that if you're steeped in the lore, it's probably already well-known to any of those people and for the rest of us we actually kind of start to pick up some of the pieces and not have it front loaded at the beginning of the book or have it be like two big pages of text at the beginning where it's like this is all you need to know about 30 years of magic here you go and then we'll drop you into the book it doesn't do that um oh good so yeah uh enjoying it it's nice to know that it actually had a pretty long run i like the art uh and again for anyone who um feels weirdly compelled to take a look at this it's it's all on cu so you know there you go nick as a as a former magic addict should you feel you're in too deep i'm here for you 
I, I we can talk just about it. Put this up. Oh wow! Look um, at that. This is a thing. I just want. I'm just throwing this out to everybody. Uh, I'm showing for those of you who are listening at home. Is uh, you can't really see it on Twitch, which I'm sorry. Is uh, the oh, you, Jeff you Goldblum? You can see the important bits. Yeah, you can see the important bits, which is his uh, rippling uh, chest muscles. Uh, Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park as a character, Ian Covalescent Charmer. Uh, I don't know what any of this means, but it's a thing. So <laughs> power four, uh, strength five, power four, yeah. toughness five. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. Um, glad you're into magic now, Nick. Yeah, oh, oh boy, freaking oh, nerd. Um, yeah, for, for those <laughs> for those unaware, and it's it's sort of interesting because again, like I'm very new to any of this, but it certainly seems to have been really divisive in the magic community. Maybe three years ago, maybe two years ago, Magic decided that they were going to basically branch out and start letting in other things, other franchises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've seen uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, and again, Nick, this uh, Nick, this is a crazy weird list. Is there a theme or unifying thing? I, I, I it's, it's whoever says yes. That seems to be the unifying theme. Yep. So we've seen right. <laughs> Tomb Raider, Jurassic Park, Lord of Doctor the Who, yeah, Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings, Rings. Junji yeah, Ito. Yeah. They did a whole uh, Junji Ito run. I can't oh, wait God. for the Lego Lord of the Rings Star Wars cards or Morty. something. I'm sure they'll do it because ba- basically magic was magic is is a Wizards of the Coast was bought by Hasbro and Hasbro wants your money. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> right. And so actually thinking about it, Transformers totally makes sense because they own that. Yeah. And I, I think um, there was that one was or two other ones. Too. They did Godzilla, like the yeah. Godzilla yeah. run. Yeah. So, um, I will say, Nick, I tried to read this when it came out originally, and like you mentioned, yeah, I felt like I love Jed McKay. Like I've been reading his stuff since Black Cat over at Marvel, and I continue to read it because mm-hmm. uh, because uh, Moon Knight started around the same time as this came out. Um, and boy, I felt super lost. Like it was yes. very confusing. Yes, <laughs> I I played a little bit of Magic, and I will tell you, if you want to get into Magic, playing Commander is the easiest way because totally. I hate building decks, but I love playing with a pre-made deck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that's probably a whole different conversation. But I tried it. The art is fantastic, and all the character designs look very cool because it's Magic. They've hopefully paid plenty of artists to make really cool characters. Uh, but yeah, it was. I had to peace out. Anytime they drop one of those one shots, uh, I'm like, should I try it again? But I know I'm going to be lost in the in the lore. So the lore I think is I'm intense. just going to skip. Yeah, I'm going to well, skip out on this. Yeah, it's I, so no, no, weird. I'm, People are listen, like, no, no, having... I'm stopping this. I'm stopping this right here before we get way too deep. You, you, I know that we could go for an hour. Let's save this for the post episode chat. I want to talk about comic books, guys. I'm sorry, we got to stop this nerd shit. We're going to go into this other thing. Um. I've got one other book I want to talk about really quick before we do the top of our the pile. Comic book podcast. Uh, we got to stop talking this nerd shit. Yes. I want to talk about the House of Lothar volume one. Ooh. I got this very nice, beautiful hardcover edition that I got. Uh, there was a Kickstarter recently. This is originally a Webtoon published comic book, and they did a collection for the first volume of it. Um, this is by Kaylin Smith who is basically like a fan favorite here over at I read comic books. I think ever since Kate Lamphere introduced me to Caitlin's um, work, um, I can't stop reading everything that she's doing. And this book is no different. It is fantastic. Um, this is, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> this, my quick summary said, this was the collected edition of a Webtoon comic. And oh my God, I can't believe the cliffhanger because that's basically true. Um, Sawyer Ellis takes a job at the mysterious house of Lothar, a mansion slash institute turned specialized hospital. Sawyer's job is to take care of cleaning corridor C and to not interact with the people who live in this institution. Um, but of course, she ends up interacting with them and they're all cryptids. So this is a book 
that's about cryptids. And I was so happy because I had no idea. I just saw her name. I clicked back and then it just showed up at my house six months later. That's the best way to deal with things um, when it comes to <laughs> Kickstarter. Um, but one, this is a very fun and super cute book. If you've never seen Kaylin Smith's art before, like the cover does a pretty good justice of this. And again, I'm on Twitch, so I'm going to show this off. Um, but this book is it's all in black and white and it's it's very beautifully done. I can't really show the cuteness of this, but she does have like a Disney animation ish style to her art. Um, there's a character who's a who's a werewolf, you know, um, and he looks like a werewolf man. Um, I think there's like Mothman and Bigfoot. Oh, everybody's got a portrait at the back of this book, which is pretty cool. Oh, so like cool. here's here's the Chupacabra and Bigfoot, right? Like in her style. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a really cute book. And two, the cast of everybody in this series is super lovable. You immediately start to like them as soon as they're on page and they get just a couple moments with our character Sawyer. Um, but it's a webcomic. And so that means every single chapter ends with a cliffhanger that makes you scream. And you're like, I have to keep reading this. I, I sat down to read this book. I was like, oh, I'll read one or two chapters. It's like a 12 chapter book. And I'll, I'll pick it up and kind of read it as I go along. Sometimes I do that with collected editions. In this book, I just read it from start to finish. And the cliffhanger at the end of this first volume um after tonight's recording i'm basically going to go finish it because i finished it today i sat down and read it today i figured i wasn't going to talk about it. i was going to talk about something else but the cliffhanger in this issue or the last vol issue in this volume was so unbelievable i just it's what i got to read more of this so if you get a chance go read this on webtoon it's called the house of lothar um but i love this book i i can't wait to read more of it um highly highly recommended for like a very well-paced well-drawn super fun twist on like meeting cryptids and like the idea of a meet cute where you've got two characters who kind of love hate each other it's it's just fantastic so highly recommended there is the webtoon also in black and white or was that a, or was that for that nice format that you have i believe that it the whole book is in black and white okay. yeah I'm sure that they'll there will probably be an eventual like color reveal that's going to just break the brains of all the readers. But who knows? Um, I can't predict what Caitlin Smith is going to do, but totally love it. If you get a chance, go read the first chapter. And if you're not sold, um, I'll give you some fake Webtoons money or whatever that is. I don't know. The Mike Rappi guarantee <laughs> comes back for episode 400. Uh <laughs> um god we're so far into the show but i'm sorry i have to do this because it's in the notes um i'm sorry xander nick you, i know you have one more book you want to talk about but i challenge you to keep it under five minutes sure <laughs> you know put me on the clock set the timer okay. yep someone uh, out there please start i also read hellboy winter special the yule cat uh story and art by matt smith um not the doctor who won um colors by chris o'halloran probably perhaps best known for coloring ice cream man amongst of other bunch of great books letters by uh clem robbins again <laughs> here he is um so i really love these sort of one-off issues we've had a couple of these winter specials probably had them consecutively since maybe 2017 mm -hmm. just these little nice maybe 30 page standalone issues you really don't need to have read borderline anything else unless maybe this is your very first experience with hellboy which even thinking about that now would probably still be perfectly fine. Sure. Um, this story takes place in Reykjavik, Iceland, 1990. Um, uh, he's brought in to deal with this, uh, you know, local disturbance, and he meets up with this anthropology professor named Professor Larusen, uh, and he's sort of talking with him about what they're going to do that day and look into it. And while they're doing that, him and Larusen are dropping Larusen's kids off at school. It's just a funny little scene because as the kids walk away, one of them goes, "Bye, Mr. Hell." Um, to <laughs> Hellboy, and it's just another one of these like great moments where like you would think 
kids would be like super unchill about the fact that there's like this giant demon wearing a massive trench coat wa- walking around all the time and yet like kids are actually the most like unperturbed in almost all hellboy stories by like the mm-hmm. fact that hellboy is a thing it's like you know uh it- it's great for those on aware smith drew folklords at boom with matt kent he also drew uh, Hellboy in Love and Hellboy the Bones of Giants, the latter of which actually had the exact same art team as the Winter Special. Um, nice. This book follows this uh, legend, and I'm just going to butcher uh, uh, the Icelandic language here of the Yolakaturin. It's this folk tale where a big cat eats children that didn't work hard enough throughout the year to earn new clothes for Christmas. <laughs> It sounds okay. pretty on brand for most Scandinavian <laughs> legends. It sure does. And it's a real legend. Oh, I mean, like, the cat's not real. I mean, I don't think the cat is real. You don't know that. The sure. story is that. real. Yeah. If you Google it, it's like an established Scandinavian folktale, which is always really fun when you, like, whenever you're reading a Hellboy book and they'll be like, oh, this is like the ancient Gnostic gospel or whatever. And, like, it becomes a game of, well, is this real or is this made up bullshit for the book? And, of course, right. most of the time, it's real. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those issues. That's cool. Smith is fast becoming probably my favorite modern Hellboy artist. And O'Halloran is really nice to have on colors. I love Dave Stewart. I know he probably like smashes his fist through the wall every time he isn't the one coloring a Hellboy book, <laughs> a la like Adam Driver. And it's like sure. not him and he doesn't get the call. Um, but for these tonally lighter issues, comparatively tonally lighter issues, I think O'Halloran is actually <laughs> a better pick. Danny, did we come in at five minutes on the dot? Or? We did it. We did it. Oh, my. Nick. Very nice. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. I will so just, proud. I will it's an episode, just 400, add, yeah. episode 400 experience. Well, miracle, yeah. Yeah, yeah miracle. Yeah. Uh, I so. will just add my 30 seconds here uh, because I also Please. read this book. I, I love that it's about a, a whole thing that's like a real life mythology, but also something that I had never heard of. So that's yeah. really cool. Uh, I just I love these uh, little one shots from Hellboy. That's all the Hellboy I need. I don't think that I'll ever go back and read all the BPRD stuff, but just a quarterly Hellboy like or like the giant robot thing that just happened. Like that's what I want from Hellboy. Heck yeah, just yeah, these little yeah, stories. So definitely recommend. Nice. Well, uh, Nick, again, I'm I'm so proud of you for keeping it under five minutes here. Um, we're gonna move on really quick. We're gonna talk about the our. Uh, top of our pile comics that are new or old or books that we're just trying to read because they've been on our shelves for forever. Uh, I want to say hello to everybody watching live. Hello, all nine of you. You're fantastic human beings. Thank you for joining us an hour into this show as we're talking about comic books. And for those of you who did reach out and when we asked for your top of your pile picks, um, folks sent us what they're reading next. Matt S is going to be reading God's number four. That's that weirdo Marvel book. Avocado Kenobi is going to be reading Nightwing, the meme issue. <laughs> which has the fantastic cover that Danny is showing on screen right now of the <laughs> the, per- the woman yelling at the cat. And CK is going to be reading Undiscovered Country Volume 4, a book that I definitely bought all of the volumes of and never read. So CK, I hope it's good. I've been meaning to read it for a very long it's time. Bonkers. Bonkers, you say? Okay, okay. Uh, well, I guess let's kick over to uh, Danny. What's uh, on the top of your pile this week? So on the top of my pile is a new <laughs> did book. Did you just pull that off your wall? I did. I did. <laughs> well, hell I, yes, dude. I don't have the uh, the new issue because it doesn't come out till next week. But I'm gonna sure. be reading the Schlove number six. This is the ash can for the Schlove that I'm holding. So like nice. that, that should tell you how much I'm really enjoying this book. Uh, but this is the conclusion of this uh, either this arc or the book completely. So 
you know, take that how you will. Uh, this is a book written by Ryan Stegman and Kenny Porter with art by Terrell Cannon, colors by Mike Spicer, and letters by John J. Hill. Uh, this book is your classic Freaky Friday meets superhero shenanigans. So if you haven't been reading that, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's very funny. This is the final confrontation with the, with the big villain. The city's under siege. But all that, all the stuff that's going on, I would say it's kind of not inconsequential, but like it's not really what the book is about. The book is about these two characters that are kind of broken. They have a lot of family issues, right? We have uh, Roger, who's this dentist that was, you know, that has been put in the body of the most powerful superhero on Earth. Uh, and we have Cirrus, who's the most powerful superhero on Earth. Uh, that his father kind of keeps wanting him to come back to his world uh, to do all this stuff. So, like, both of these guys are dealing with a lot of their own internal issues. And now that they've switched places, uh, I guess, you know, like any Freaky Friday story, they have to learn to appreciate what they have and learn to appreciate all this. So that's great. Uh, Tyrell Cannon just was set loose on on the character designs, and he just goes all out. Uh, Makes everything look very dynamic. These big bombastic fights, big moments. But also what I really appreciate is like in the more quiet moments when there's emotion to be portrayed, like the expression, they really hit. Uh, So this is your chance to catch up on the second title from KLC Press. Uh, I think they're doing a lot of really fun stuff over there. Uh, Kenny Porter writes a lot of really cool superhero comics that I I really enjoy. Uh, Ryan Stegman, although I haven't, this is, I I don't don't know if this is the first, first thing he's writing, but uh, this is the longest thing I've read by him. Uh, so he he doesn't draw anything on the book, but he does have variant covers because we know those are going to sell and Danny's mm-hmm. going to buy them. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, highly recommend uh, The Shlove number six. I specifically didn't read my preview because I wanted to talk about it on the show as the oh. top of my pile. So that's what I'm doing right after the show. Uh, as you guys talk in the second half, I'm just going to be reading the love number six. Oh, so. okay. So. Perfect. Oh, got it. All Perfect. right. Message um, received. <laughs> well, Nick, what's what's on the top of your pile this week? So it's definitely Hexagon Bridge number five. I know I'm a little bit late to the fucking party on this book. Um, writing and art and everything else by Richard Blake, who, if you haven't heard of him, that's not an accident. He literally hasn't published anything else. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he studied painting and design did some group exhibitions in NYC and just started exploring the graphic novel medium. And this is his first thing Um, for a book that like seems completely overstimulating visually at points. um, Like the core conceit of this book is actually pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roughly 2000 years in the future, a pair of explorers get themselves lost in a parallel dimension called the bridge. Um, It's a place considered largely non-traversable by humans So that work is left to AI intelligence, which gets stuffed into a robot body, but that AI needs a link um, with like sort of a navigator, which in this case is the daughter of the missing duo. And that's basically the core conceit. Um, These explorers get lost and this team tries to recover them and they sort of start developing this uh, robot and they start developing this bond with uh, its human navigator in order to have them, and they start doing trial runs to sort of plan for when they're going to make this rescue attempt. Um, And and 12 years pass between sort of the initial um, moment of them going missing and sort of the recovery operation. But this is one of those things much like um, Inception or much like 
uh, interstellar in that time moves differently between our time and their time, um, which is a fitting comparison because I do honestly believe that Inception is possibly one of the closest comparisons I think you can make to Hexagon Bridge. It's a, it's a little reductive, but I think in terms of uh, having this architecture and landscape that exists in like this physics physics breaking state of just constant flux mm-hmm. sort of mirrors the film sort of cities that fold in on themselves or sort of like fold out like an accordion um and uh you know just moments where like all of the floor or everything just started just breaking into these little you know shards um it's 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 really interesting and it's also kind of deals with that broad theme of kind of navigating dreamscapes in, in a world where time passes differently um but what I really love about this book is that Blake doesn't get hung up on quote unquote, like the science behind it all. He He's not concerned with putting up like a veneer of techno babble so yeah. that this book can like firmly fall into the, this could happen category. Um, you know, you can also kind of see this in the fact that like, despite being 2000 years in the future, there are definitely things that feel like relatively untouched from 2024. Right. Um, right. But you know, again, like who cares? Um, like it's just so, so, so interesting. And just, can we just get around to the art? And I think that's obviously the showcase here, right? Yeah. The story doesn't get in its own way. Full credit to that, right? You don't get hung up on the story being like, oh, it's too hard to understand or it's like annoying or the dialogue. (laughs) I don't think the story is that hard to understand. No, no, I, I don't either. I think that it gets a little bit, uh, too ephemeral sometimes especially sure. those first two issues i think were pretty like what's going on here and i went right. like blinders on and said i don't care this is a five issue miniseries who gives a fuck right <laughs> right um <laughs> uh, it's but sure well I'll, I'll give you that conceit that it, it is not that complicated of a story but those first two issues are very like science what is happening time? what yeah. is even an ai like <laughs> right i don't know why is it taking them 12 years to train this thing or whatever? Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, like, for some comic readers that, like, have an IV deep in both arms of, like, 400 cc's of twisty cannon, like, yeah, those people are probably going to have some problems with this book. Uh-huh. But it's a functional and light framework because the art is just, my God. Like, you start out with that, like, that sequence of the woman running through that snowy landscape Right. Mm-hmm. Only to have her suddenly break apart into this kaleidoscopic burst of like rainbow geometric shards that just reassemble in a European cafe or what looks yeah. like a European cafe. And it just really sets the tone of this rapid fire juxtaposition that this book jostles the reader with between quote unquote real life and simulations of it between like the familiar and the never before seen. Um, just there are so many panels in this book that deserve to be like put in a museum or in an exhibition or on someone's wall. It, it's yeah. it's it's trippy. It's disorienting, but it just it never feels messy for messy's sake. Right. Um, and the colors like they all have this sort of stained glass feel to them. It's just it might be the best looking book that comes out this year. And we're in January. Um, well, it's so is, it, fucking good. This is uh, this is issue five of yeah. five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I I will agree. There is like an elegance to the way that Blake approaches like their page layouts and the way that they do like especially like two page spreads and some of their chapter markers in the story. Yes. Um, 
it, it it's very unique and i think you have this in your notes so i'm just going to steal from you of like should sure. this have been a graphic novel i don't know i do think that this works actually pretty well as a serialized book because it like forces you to stop and think about the book before you get into the next like segment of it because it's not perfectly broken up into like issue is one chapter it's kind of it's kind of segmented Each issue is several chapters yeah, yeah two or um, three and I, and I appreciate that because it's like blake is trying to deliver you like a very complex story told through many small pieces but doesn't want you to read it all at once because i think you might lose a little bit of the subtlety of what they're trying to do in this series if it was a graphic novel now i'm going to recommend everybody go buy this as an ogn or collected edition when it comes out yeah. but i do think that it it does benefit from having been read issue to issue um i'll be curious to see what it feels like when you read it as a collected edition like does the story and set of the nuance get lost as you read it just like in one go because i imagine that if i mm-hmm. had this as a collected edition i would just sit and read it there's no stopping because this book is crazy and it's really really good um but i appreciate not having to read it every month or not all at once because i'm reading it month to month yeah. I'll, let, I'll let you know what that's like mike because i read the first issue and i was mm-hmm. like oh no no this is something i need to read all together otherwise i'm gonna get lost <laughs> i'm gonna get lost sure, in the hexagon sure. bridge myself yes uh, so yes. I'll, I'll let you know how that goes God, yeah. the, the design work is so good. so good. Like the, just the design alone of her like AI partner, like the robot with the mm-hmm. hat and the face is, oh and, God. And yet it feels very light on the page. Like it doesn't feel like there's too much going on at, at the same yeah. time. It's weird. I don't know. I mean, I don't have the talent or the know-how how to describe it, <laughs> uh, but it, yeah. it's super cool. Yeah, it's it's a very, it's a very solid book. Um, Lest we talk about it too much. Let me talk about one more book and then Zach, I'm going to kick over to you. Um. I'm reading Mermaid Town. This is uh, this indie indie manga that I picked up at Mocha Fest a little while ago. This is by Tomohiro Tsugawa. Um, it's a collection of nine short stories by Tsugawa that are collected from a series of very vivid dreams, strange interactions, and mysterious locations that this creator experienced um this is me basically paraphrasing from the official synopsis i don't really know what this book is about other than it looks very pretty and interesting and when i saw it on the shelf i said oh that's a really nice cover i'll buy that for a couple of bucks um so i'm very excited to sit down and read something that's kind of off the beaten path of like the normal manga that i think most folks um find when they go to like a barnes and noble or anywhere else that they go and buy manga and uh, the thing that's a little disturbing about this book is that none of the characters in this series have eyes um, oh. or a nose. Like if you look at the cover, um, I'm mm. showing everybody here on Twitch, like everyone just is like a face. And even if you go into the book, like multiple stories, they're just like people with a mouth. <laughs> I I like that. I don't know. And I, I think that leans into like the more like dreaminess of it where you like see people, you know, you just have that thing where when you're dreaming, you're like, I know this person. And it looks like a, a transmogrified, like weird octopus monster. You go, no that was my mom and you're like how did i know that i don't know uh, <laughs> um so yeah i'm excited to see what this book has to to um bring i mean a little short story collection book is nice it's very thin so this will probably be a nice read um over a day or so um just to like check in with something that's not just a shonen protagonist punching a stronger antagonist in the face um so yeah my but quick, Zach- quick question sorry yeah, Zach, yeah. I, I have to intervene Go for are it. you only reading books now that are not regular size <laughs> who me yeah you i mean i just listen you buy books from like a bookstore or from a bookstore or a book fair which is i got this at like mocha fest which is like an indie comics publishing festival um nothing's printed the same size as a regular marvel and dc trade because guess what 
those things suck. I mean, the quality of those books suck anyway, so why not get a smaller little book that's, you know, Mike, looks but better? Mike's always rolling up on the show with some book, and he's like, anyway, there's only 20 copies. They all have a self-destruct yeah. sequence. Yeah. <laughs> you have 30 pages. You have 30, uh, you know, days to read the book, and then it self-destructs, and then it, like, yeah. wipes your mind with the neuralizer from Men in Black. And so if you haven't right. gotten your copy already, it's too late. So I'm here to give everyone at home FOMO. So that's that's the whole goal of the show. <laughs> if that wasn't clear, you haven't been listening for 400 episodes, baby. Um, <laughs> Zach, tell us about your book. Oh, my. I, I am also reading a book that isn't the normal size. Let's look at it so Danny can freak out. Look at Ooh. it, Danny. It's not the right size. At no. least none of you are reading Private Eye by Brian K. Vaughn, because then I would right. find you and I would rip that part. That would rip that book in half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this book is called Whist. Uh, it's written and drawn by Steve M. Robertson. I found this randomly while death scrolling on TikTok late at night and bought it on a whim uh, because okay. the, the the little video that he did, I was like, oh, I'm sold. So Robertson describes Wist as a dark fantasy horror tale and noted that it would be perfect for people who love the video game Elden Ring or the manga masterpiece Berserk. So I was like, sign me the hell up. Take my $15 or whatever it costs. Okay. Yeah, it was a... It, it was a combination of that and the gorgeous black and white art that really sucked me in. I'll see if I can try and show some while I read. And because uh, it's it's real pretty. Okay. It's a real what? pretty black and white book. Like it, it, And uh, his attention to detail is nuts. This is the kind of art that you, you know, like you take a magnifying glass to like his use <gasps> of lighting, like really Dude. makes it all, all pop off. It's got so many dimensions. And because of the style, he's able to really play with blending like the grays and the blacks and give us something special. There's nothing like there's nothing flat about any of this. Wist had to take dude so long to put together because like oh, this is sure. meticulous. And each page is a work of art worthy of being framed because like I've only paged through a little bit and, and like and I saw like on his TikTok and I was like, this is gorgeous. I want to get a hold of it and be like being someone who really loves dark stuff that plays with religious themes. I was all about this story. So here's a blurb from wistseries.com. It's in a world ruled by strange and horrible gods. Wist's life as an angel is a fate worse than death until a young witch offers him the chance to escape his dark master once and for all. It seems right up my alley. And I, Dude, I, this is like The Crow meets man, everyone and I love The Crow. Like the most easy breezy fucking books this week. It's like, been a chill month, Nick. I told you. It's been a real chill yeah. month for me. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a, it's a pretty quality paperback. It's like 15 or 16 bucks. Dude signed it for me. I got it off the TikTok shop. It's on Amazon or you can get his nice. ebook uh if anybody wants to check it out. Dude's not paying me or anything, but I, you know, I like supporting DIY stuff. And if he wants to pay me, that's cool because I'm looking to buy my kid a PS5 so we could play Spider Man. So Heck I'll yeah. shill your stuff wherever you want. I'll wear, <laughs> I'll wear the Liquid Death merch. Whatever, everybody throw money at me. <laughs> Zach, we're gonna get you in one of those yeah. NASCAR fire suits, yeah. basically, <laughs> just, mm -hmm. just covered with. Let's logo. do it. Let's Listen, do it. If we get enough followers on Twitch, you know, we'll set Zach on fire. That's what I'm saying I'll do right it. now. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, subscribe to us on Twitch today and we'll set Zach on fire. That's a promise. Um, um we're gonna have anyways, a we're gonna of, Zach, of before IRC we go to break. Yeah, I okay, gotta say, yeah. uh, you had my mm. curiosity when you were talking about the book, and then you showed mm -hmm. that art, 
And now you have my attention because <laughs> Danny's already he's buying it right now. He's, yeah, he's I mean, already he's already made it clear that he does other things while listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, he already, right. he already <laughs> said he was gonna go buy books or whatever. Now he's gonna, you know. I don't know how to buy on TikTok shop, and I don't think I ever will. So I'll have, but I'll figure out a different way to we'll get it. We'll get it on we'll Amazon. It. He can hit it on we'll Amazon. We'll get you settled, Danny. We'll get you settled in the break. But with that, we are gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna put up a quick little image here. We're all gonna get up and stretch our legs, maybe go get some more water. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk about the last year of IRCB. 400 episodes what all that means um nick and i are going to reminisce about some early times this is danny and zach are new we're going to see you know what they know we're going to do a little guessing game it's going to be fun but we'll be back in just a second we're back it's episode 400 I fixed the screen on Twitch. For those of you live, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone else, sorry, you missed it. Um, but before we get into it, I want to say, reminder, as always, you can follow us on the internet, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, technically, uh, Discord. We've got a Goodreads. We've got a YouTube channel. Uh, we're trying to be active on some of those platforms, except for Twitter. So um, follow us on the internet. You can see all sorts of clips and other things about the show, things that we've got going on. Sometimes we do announcements. I made a really cool promo for today's episode um, using the very specialized art that I'm going to show off later in this episode. So make sure if you're on Twitch, um, it'll be here. If you're listening to this on your podcast player of choice, you should be able to see it in the app. Um, if you can't, give me a call on the IRCB email, ircbpodcast at gmail.com. I'll answer all of your phone calls through email. Um, and as always, you can follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast to get access to the hundreds of episodes that we have on Patreon that include the Saga of Saga series. We will go through every single issue of Saga, issue by issue, and now volume by volume. Um, Bat- a Better Batmobile, where Paul breaks down Grant Morrison's Batman series, as well as some of the other books and comic books that influence Grant Morrison's run on Batman. Um, we've got a book versus book series. We've got Mike's X-Men blind box series. We've got so much stuff on there. IRCB movie club which just hit its four-year anniversary we're going to talk about a little bit later so much stuff on there giant days of our lives everything um that's at patreon.com slash ircb podcast but now let's get into the show i'm sorry i just ate a whole like handful of peanut m&ms before i came back on here so (laughs) i apologize if i'm just like picking weird peanuts out of my mouth the entire time we're sitting here but i do want to announce we have picked officially two movies for the ircb movie club number 17 that is dropping at the end of next month but I want to figure this out here live on Twitch. Since we had a tie in our votes, um, we had three movies that we were going to pick. The two that remained since this month, we're going to be talking about it, uh, a different angle of, of things. We usually pick like a comic book based movie. This month, we're trying something different. We're picking a movie that is like comic book adjacent. Um, and so we picked RoboCop 2 from 1990 because this was written by Frank Miller of Sin City and 300 fame and then we also picked King of Comedy from 1982 starring Robert De Niro directed by Martin Scorsese uh, which is basically the influence for the Joker movie Um, so here live on Twitch I want folks to cast their vote live which of those two books or movies should we watch for IRCB movie club number 17 post your choice in the chat it's either Robocop 2 or King of Comedy um I'm going to let people hear that, and then we're going to move on to talk about something else. Um, The IRCB listener survey that we did, if you're a longtime listener of IRCB podcast, that's this show, uh, you may have seen that we did a listener survey where we had a bunch of people write in, give us some feedback about the show. That closed yesterday night, or technically this morning because I forgot to close it, but we had 67, 68 responses, um, which is incredible. Um, Over 70% of those were spam. (laughs) 
um, which was very oh. fun. So we got responses like, why do you like this show? And they responded blood curdled. And I said, OK, that's not a real person. Um, but we did have some winners. We did offer a $25 gift card or donation to a charity of your choice. And so of those responses that we got, Pick three people uh, randomly through like a randomized generator. And the winners for those pot for, for the listener survey to get those gift cards or whatever you want, we'll figure that out through email afterwards. Shane, aka Avocado Kenobi, Matt D, and Joe F, you are our official IRCB podcast listener survey winners. We'll figure things out in the details of our email where you want your money to go, whether through a gift card or donation of your choice. But congratulations. You are fantastic human beings. Thank you so much for taking the survey and giving us feedback. Thank you to everyone else who gave us feedback about where we can take the show, how we can improve it, all that stuff. We really, really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I guess looking at the chat right now, we've got two votes for King of Comedy. Uh, maybe I'll give it a couple more minutes. you got Robocop 2 or King of Comedy, your pick. Um, please get your voice in now. But Danny, you, you got some thoughts here? Oh, I just picked King of Comedy so I can just rewatch Joker 2019 in, <laughs> in preparation for Joker 2 fully ad, uh fully ado fully or whatever ado. the Yeah, <laughs> fully, listen. Fully ado. Isn't that a wasn't that a Fall Out Boy album? That's Fall Out Boy album. That's the one that That's followed right. Infinity on High. Yeah. Okay. It's the one with the teddy bear on top of That's the why other. it's a musical. That's why the movie's yeah. a musical because they mm. named it after a Fall Out Boy album. <laughs> that makes sense. I bet um, whoever, okay. some people that actually know about art, they they know what folia do actually means and what, what both things are referencing, and they're probably yelling. It's a psychological podcast. condition. It's shared psychosis. Oh, well, there you it's, go. It's the it's the idea that one person has like a <gasps> oh, psychotic and episode and actually transmits it to someone else. Although I'm sure there's plenty of people with qualified degrees out there. Well, let's say that I'm butchering this topic, but guys, I'm just I I, I looked it up on Wikipedia once for thirty seconds. Okay, that, that's the and basic that, gist. Yeah, it the makes sense. That's why like Harley's in the film. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Genius. I mean, if it's based on the Fall Out Boy album, that would be really good because they were definitely completely like high on their own supply for that fucking album boy god like <laughs> if you forgot that album go look it up i like that album though nick i mean i do too but it's also like you know so god so self-important is what okay. that out anyway okay. let's turn this let's rank the fallout boy albums no, right no, no, now no 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 let's not... rank them all welcome We're to the i that. listen to fallout boy podcast yes finally would finally. that be the worst thing well, I mean, if you cut it off after like the first four albums or something, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I would agree with that. But uh, no, we've got some other stuff I want to talk about. You know, this is the 400th episode of the show. I had to get that other stuff out of the way. I want people to vote. Vote in the chat, please. We'd appreciate it. And we'll announce a winner shortly after this. Um, but as this year moves, um, thank you, Final Neil, for your vote um, of RoboCop 2. RoboCop 2 has got one. King of Comedy is at two right now. We'll see how it goes. Um yeah, so we're, we hit 400 episodes. We've had a, a massive year um, here at Irie Comic Books. Um, I don't know if you guys have any particular moments that maybe stood out that were interesting to you. Um, but I one of the big things for me that was really cool this year was the Transformers journey that I went on, where I watched all of the Transformers movies and then read a bunch of random Transformers comics so we could do a two-part series leading up to Transformers number one. Um, that was God. a transformative experience for me and made Michael Bay the most watched director that I had this year um, <laughs> on Letterboxd, or last year, I should same, say. So, you know, same um, totally here, ruined my entire movie stats for the year, but I think it was all worth it <laughs> no. because I got to actually experience all of the Transformers in all of their grotesqueness, including... Um, that little robot butler whose name I can't remember. Uh, and probably Cogwell. for good reason. Cog Cogwell. Cogsworth. Cogman. Cogsworth. Cogman. 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 
Hey, that's that's one of our most watched YouTube shorts. All right. Clearly, uh, it yeah. was that memorable. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the last night? It's not. It's not a memorable no. movie. I will no, say, like when you told me you were gonna do this, I was like thinking, like you are truly Dante traversing the you know the, <laughs> the levels of hell. I will oh, say good. some good came out of that because it made me reevaluate some of the films, and one of the one of the ones that I thought I, thought I did. You're gonna know. say no. your life. Am no, I yeah. <laughs> a transformer? Yeah, there's a, there's a transformer oh, in all of us. No, but the third film, the third film, I I remember for some reason that I hated it, and it turned yeah. out to be one of my favorite ones from Michael Bay. Uh, they're still sure. not as good as the newer ones, but yeah. So that you know, it was and I had never seen the last night, so at least now I have. Yeah, uh, and I guess that will count at some point when I die, and I'm looking through my life stats in heaven. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When they bring up the big rolodex of like the, what the you accomplished wrapped, in your life, the yeah. heaven wrap, heaven wrap. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. The way better, better idea than what I was thinking. Um, well, yeah, th- that was that was a fun moment. I don't know. I appreciated. We had Kev uh, from the Austin Danger Pod come on, and we did a whole discussion about beast wars and last. I mean, last night I think was a lot of the discussion, but the fact that we came to the conclusion that the Transformers movies aren't wholly bad. They're just kind of bad and mostly <laughs> bad is like, it was a nice, nice moment. I don't know. Um, I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to bring up for the rest of the year. Cause I got a whole list here um, and I'll just keep talking. Uh, now we can keep going through your list. I, I have something, okay, but we okay. can save it. It's uh, Oh yeah. You, same. Yeah. You've got, that's true. That's true. Um, well, let's see. So we had 13 guest episodes this past year, which is pretty crazy. Um, usually do four to five to six a year. In this past year, we did 13 episodes. One of those episodes included our good friend, Zach, who then I like talking to Zach so much. I was like, we got to bring you into the fold. I really want to have you to be part of this community. Um, and you know, we had that for that episode that we did this year. Um, it was really, really fun. We also had, um, uh, Ed Brubaker on this year, you know, that's just a, just a small thing. Uh, you know, couldn't believe yeah, that you know. it happened. We had, a, uh, yeah, that was a, a thing that I, I don't know, happened out of the blue. The, his people got in contact with our people, AKA me, and, uh, we made <laughs> things happen. And it was, uh, it was a really fun episode. It's probably one of the best episodes we've recorded. I hit like a checked a milestone. Um, and I'm glad that I didn't sit, spend the entire time just like fanboying the, you know, like I read this, what happened when you did this? What were you thinking when you did that? Like we didn't turn it into that Chris Farley sketch where I basically just go, remember <laughs> when you wrote daredevil and then he went to jail. <laughs> um, yeah like i could have just i could have just done that what the entire was that like so, yeah, what was that like um uh, you know so I, that was that was quite an achievement we had paul, me and paul on that episode uh it was really fun um especially getting an advanced review of of where the body was um yeah and we had, we had a bunch of other people on to, to talk about kickstarters uh you know throughout the year and I, I really hope that that helped um you know spur some excitement for those books because uh, a lot of them were really really good um if not all of them and uh so yeah i don't know i i thought that was a pretty cool achievement for this year we did more guest episodes than we had months in the year and i feel like that's a that's an interesting like combo to put in with our thing um and i know like it kind of goes back and forth with our listeners on whether or not those episodes are like exciting or not but um i was very happy with them overall i love the guest episodes they are so much fun to talk to people Mm -hmm. that are in the industry and because i feel on probably everyone on a different level would like to maybe make a comic book like all of us but obviously, you know, there are limitations to our talent. Uh, so instead, sure, we just sure. kind of talk about them, right? Uh, but yeah, that was really cool. Like, it's really cool to see, like, how they're a community themselves. I just kind of also love talk when creators talk about other creators because I find that very fun. Like, it, yeah. 
kind of with the same on the Brubaker theme, like it lets you know that, oh, he's just also a fan of this stuff. And that's why he works. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That was right. Cool. So that that's really fun. I, I love I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, and the, the, that's the thing. It's it's one of the interesting things. I think we changed our guest formats up for this past year. Um, like we made a really conscious effort to say like we wanted to change the way that we did guest episodes in general, um, mostly from a, a combination of like and I'll, I'll get peek behind the producer's curtain here a little bit. You know, it's a combination of like, I don't really know these people and they don't really know me. But the thing that we have in common is comics, right? Either they're writing comics and 95% of the time, folks that are writing comics have read a lot of comics and they they got into it because of the a love of the medium. Um, you know, I'm sure maybe we talked to the guy who worked on Hexagon Bridge, uh, maybe a little different story, hadn't really worked on comics, but I'm sure they were a huge comic book fan, right? Um, and so it, it's a, it's interesting to sit down and get inside of these creators' heads to be like, you know, what are the types of books that you like and the books that you're continuing to read, right? Because a lot of people have a lot of the same backgrounds. Oh, I read the X-Men. Oh, I read Batman. Oh, I read Superman back in the 70s and 80s. You know, I picked up these big collected editions of something and that really sparked things. But yeah. the more important piece is not just like what have you read in the past, but also what are the books that you're following today and you want to keep up with? And, you know, for some people, it's brand new books that are coming out this upcoming week. Other times it's like, oh, I went back and I found like we had a um, Bijan on very recently or Bijan on very recently talking about how they were going to read this big collection of Muppet comics. And I'm like, <laughs> these are the types of things that like I never think about when it comes to what's a backlog book I could read. I usually usually go to like big two books or even sometimes like peanuts or whatever. But I forget that like there's this myriad of like weird outside their comic books that were very like solid and firm for people's childhood but they like don't come to mind immediately of like what type of comics that you could read that are like a a proof that like the comics medium is more than just like capes and, and things of like that um and which is why i appreciate like when kara brings up stuff like uh, uh the donald duck books um <laughs> and i i would never in my life sit to think down and read like comics about mickey and the gang or you know their donald duck and yet when i pulled up that carl barks donald duck book i'm like this is peak perfection in comic books. Like there is a there's an artistry to the way that Carl Barks is creating these these comics. And it's like reading those books from like collected editions of like EC comics back in the day where you're like these people were putting out comics in a different way than they are now. And that's because the entire industry has changed. Um, you know, there, there's like that old thing. I feel like you would you would see where people in like the 50s and 60s and you see this in like a lot of older comics where there's just like, what's your job? Oh, I don't go work in an industry um, at like an industrial plant. I draw comics and it's just like you're nine to five you get paid like a salary and that's it mm -hmm. there there wasn't like this huge art artistry to it um because it was just like another job like advertising it was like adjacent to advertising in some ways um and of course the industry has changed or whatever but those types of books that were created massively influential to today's comic book reader um in just the way that they they process that the medium um to see like how how they did it 50 60 70 years ago compared to now um so getting into the heads of the creators to see like what drives them, what got them influenced to make comic books today and what they continue to look back to um, whether that's new comics or old is always interesting. Um, and I'm very happy with the way that we've changed our, the process for how we do creator interviews and discussions, because I love, love, love hearing about the comics that they're reading. Um, so yeah, the Ed Brubaker episode was no different than any other creator. And mm -hmm. I was so pleased yeah. um, by how it went. So. It, was, it was, it was such a good episode and I I'm with you 100% there. And, and this is not a slight on any other podcast, but you could, like, you can, there are thousands of interviews out there with creators and, uh, and there's only so many questions you can ask them. But when you just get to talk, when you talk to them 
as fans and get to fan with them, it's a very different experience. And I think that that is what was really cool about that Brubaker interview because I listened to him on a couple of different podcasts. They were all mm-hmm. good, but this approach was unique. And I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it, man. It seems like it's just an easy and simple decision to make, but I think there was still a lot of thought that went into really making interview segments or interview episodes not really turn into, and as Zach said, it's not a slight against other shows, but it is something you see a lot. You know, come on the show. What do you want to plug? What do you want to talk about? Basically, rep all the things that you want to rep. Do all the things you want to do. We're just going to give you carte blanche, and it's just a blank check for you to do whatever you want. And maybe some people get excited about that, but I would suspect that there are some people that are going to either a get nervous about the fact that they're now being like being told you've got 45 minutes to do whatever you want. You better, you know, come prepared mm-hmm. or it just sort of encourages them to really just more or less replicate whatever they did on the three or four other shows that they're doing during their little media uh, circuit of sorts. And sure. so I, I think it, it feels like to me, it was probably easier on us, but I think it's also gotten much better results to say like, you're going to come on, this is sort of how we structure our show. These are the things that we're going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to, you know, there are going to be some small expectations in terms of like, you know, be prepared to talk about what you've been reading. Um, and I think it gives them a more unique experience and it sort of sets them up with some good prompts to to end up with a more unique show for us that we can be proud doesn't look like the other stuff that's out there. And obviously, I, I think this was maybe the fear in some way was that we were worried we were going to ask them to do too much with this. But it's <laughs> yeah. from what I've seen, um, you know, most guests are are, are receiving this better than than, yeah. than not. Yeah, I feel like um, we have we've had pretty like positive reactions from folks. And it's like, how often do you get to talk about comics with a bunch of other comic nerds mm-hmm. like in in like a medium like a podcast like this? I mean, I don't know. We're 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 a pretty cool show and I think that makes us unique and I I'm I'm glad that it's it's netted us like such positive outcomes overall like um and I hope that other creators that are seeing or hearing this maybe know that's how we do stuff and uh, it's it's pretty cool. Heck yeah. Yeah, I, if I could throw something out, uh, we were sure. talking about like highlights for the year for the show, and mm-hmm. like for me, being brand new to the show this year, the highlight for me was finding this show, listening to it, and because I I do my own podcast, cheap plug mm-hmm. the comics that we love, and I wanted to this the, in 2023, I wanted to branch out and make friends with other comic book podcasts. I was like, I don't want to be an island. This is a we, this is a community. You know, I want to talk mm-hmm. to everybody. And uh, I started talking to Mike. I was listening to the show and we decided to kind of work together and do like a, you know, out, you know, episodes together. And I was going to appear over here on the comic uh, on, on uh, I read comic books. And mm-hmm. it was such a cool experience. And I had such a great time. And Mike came to, and did my show. And we talked the Tetris book and Paul's been on and T has been on. And it's been so much fun yeah. getting to know everybody that's part of this crew and seeing the well-oiled machine that Mike runs in the background, folks, because it really is ever like everybody's got a part that they're playing and everyone's doing something cool that is building the show. And Mike is like the the guy at the front. He's the ringmaster, you know, making sure everything everything's working. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's been a cool experience because, you know, when when we did that, I just expected, you know, our shows would be like pal shows, you know, like pod pals and we mm-hmm. would appear every once in a while. And then I got invited to be part of it. And 
that's been a really a really cool experience to uh to be part of this well-oiled machine that is i read comic books so thanks for again for letting me be part of this everybody of the show yeah man no we're happy to have you Um, if you've seen the movie maestro uh mike is our bradley cooper totally there you go (laughs) I, I imagine myself more as like Xavier with the Krakoan X-Men helmet, but that's fine. Please fine. do not be Xavier. That's fine. That's fine. Please uh, don't. Yeah, okay, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, you know, that's I, I totally agree. And that's the thing. Like, I've, I've appreciated that, like, over the last couple of years, you know, we've we slowed down. We expanded pretty quickly. And then we kind of slowed down. But, like, we brought you on this year, Zach. We brought on Paloma. Um, Danny, we brought on as well, you know, pretty recently, like, um, it's been pretty cool to like grow the show and see how we can like interchange all the different people to like get the conversations moving in different directions. And of course we all have our different tells and the different things that we like to do on the show. Um, and, and, but it's fun to see how those dynamics kind of interact with each other in different ways. And like this upcoming year, we're going to be doing a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, in general, we're kind of changing up some of the, some of the business. We'll talk about it more in the future, um, about how we're, uh, we're potentially changing things and like some other stuff that might be coming down the road. Um, but I, again, I'm really excited to see like how we're going to continue to like integrate other people and integrate folks in general. Um, and again, I, I think the thing that I'm envious of you with your show, Zach, not this to make not to make this about comics that we love, um, but it's like your connections to a lot of other podcasts is something that I've always like envied and wanted to do. Um, so I think like this upcoming year, definitely want to try to reach out with that uh, and do more of that. Um, and like Matt Burbage, good buddy of the show, uh, most recently sent me a DM uh, <laughs> and bragged to me that he now has more followers than us on TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, which I won't stand for. <laughs> so this upcoming year, we're basically going to be fighting Matt Burbage to death um, on t- on wow. TikTok. So get ready for that this year. Um, I don't know how that's going to happen, but there's a chance that I may drive up to the far north where he lives um, and fizz- fist fight him. Um, and then his dogs will kill me. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that works. <laughs> Um, but that's something like we're, we're looking to do uh, this year. It'll be it'll be kind of fun. Um, I can say for like upcoming things, we definitely are like changing up our show in general from the naming perspective. I read comic books is still going to be the name of the show, but we are going to drop episode numbers this upcoming year, which is scary for some people, myself included. But it also is like from the aspect of like a comic book. Um, if you saw episode 400 on the shelf, are you going to pick that up? Maybe Paul would because it's a it's an anniversary episode or issue. <laughs> um, but everybody else, if you see episode 406, is that intimidating? I don't know. So we're going to get rid of those. Hopefully, it'll make our show a little bit more approachable. I feel like I have to formally announce it because I think when that first episode comes out after 400, this will be the last one that we're going to do it on. Um, 401, somebody might say, hey, th- what episode is this? And I'm going to say, I'll never tell. But you could <laughs> figure it out if you looked at the feed. <laughs> I don't know. You don't, you don't know the do legacy it. numbering? Come on, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll put the legacy numbering like in a small box <laughs> on the cover art, but you have to pay attention. Otherwise, you won't know. But I don't know. What other stuff did you guys appreciate about this year? Because, again, we've, we've got a whole list here. I, I got another highlight for the year. Uh, for episode 388, Gambit will show you anything other than that trench coat. That was, <laughs> oh, which man. I love. <laughs> so that was the first time I hosted the show. Yes, like, without, that's like, true. Without Mike, like the training wheels came off. It was myself, Tia, and Kate. Uh, it was a. I had a really. I had a lot of fun. But going into the show, because I've listened to the show for so long, and you know, now that I've been part of it, like it's a big, like it's a big deal to me. It was a big deal. I was, I was kind of nervous. Like I messaged Mike a few times about some things just to make sure I was getting the details right and you yeah. know prepare the notes. So like. 
But the fact that you had enough confidence in not just myself, but the three of us to like do a show and and get it done and have everything that need, and also that it happened to be kind of like your birthday gift. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. So, I mean, I appreciate that, but and I hope we did a, a really good job. Uh, no, and- dude, I listen, an episode that comes with a title like that means that you nailed it <laughs> because that means that Xander found that and put it as the, as one of his recommended titles for that episode. I, I, I think I could probably find the list somewhere of other titles that he had, which not to be nonstop plugging the show, but hey, you're on episode 400. That's what we're going to do. Um, every week on Patreon or on uh, the Patreon room that we have on Discord, I do take all of the potential episode titles and drop those in there. And I think that episode had like six or seven. Um, and that Gambit one was the one that I thought was the funniest. And they other the other ones were hilarious as well. So like, I'm just saying, you guys talked about Gambit and you made it a good time. I mean, that's a win-win scenario for me as as someone who loves this show, but also like you guys did it for my birthday, which is very nice. I got to tell you, I was the proof listener for that show Mm -hmm. and it was so hard to not be on it because it was so much fun. And I was (laughs) sitting here laughing my ass off at Tia describing 90s Gambit hair and clothing <laughs> was just fucking destroying me it was oh yeah it man. was such a, it was it was one of my favorite episodes of the year for the show i it was mm-hmm. such a good time even even having proof listened i went back and listened to it again when it dropped it was so good yeah yeah <laughs> well i'm glad this is the thing this is what i this is what i love about the show is as much of a control freak i feel like i am about the show and everything about it and all the aspects and pieces of it um it is nice that when needed or when i choose to or whatever usually it's the it's the former um i can step back and i can hand the show off to three or four of you and it will come out as neat and tidy as an episode that i was on if not better because what's fun is that when we get other folks hosting the show and paul stepped in a lot for me um over the years um which has been great and other people have stepped up as well um and those episodes are chaotic and fun in this in a different like in different ways um than an episode that i'm running because i feel like when i'm hosting there's like a certain like we're gonna do things this way whereas when other people are hosting they definitely take a little bit more of a bend with it and i appreciate that because Every once in a while, maybe the show does need to be shaken up. Um, and so it's it's fun to hear those episodes and go, oh, damn, how can I make future episodes as fun as that was to listen to? Um, I think my episodes are fun enough, but still, there's always room for improvement, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I that's that, I could say I could say more about that. But um, the other thing that I'm, I'm very excited for, for this year or that I was excited that we hit this year was we hit four years of the IRCB movie club, which, again, another plug, remember to vote in the chat right now. Robocop has two votes and King of Comedy is that or Robocop has one vote and King of Comedy has two votes. Um, but we hit four years, which is awesome. Um, and of course, as a four year celebration for us having done that series on Patreon, we did finally sit down and watch the movie that Paul wanted to watch from the beginning which was American Splendor. And, you know, that was a movie that I'm very glad that I finally sat down to watch um, because it's it to me was one of those like, oh, this is going to be way too in your head comic book bullshit. And it turned out to be like one of the coolest movies I'd seen in a very long time um, to the point where I went out immediately after that and bought like three volumes of uh, what's his name's work, whose name I'm, I'm going to say Harvey Kurtzman. Is that the name? Um I mean, and I have to, I have yes. to furiously Google it. Um, but yeah, I, I went out and bought a bunch of his. Uh, no, not Harvey Kurtzman. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I went out and bought all those books that Paul Giamatti played the guy from. And uh, <laughs> um, and it was great. And I'm, I'm very happy to have actually exposed myself to 
that kind of slice of life comics that probably inspired like an entire generation of people to tell comics that were just about their lives. Um, and I'm pretty sure Paul was pleased about uh, actually, us actually finally watching that. Harvey, Harvey Picard. Yeah, I, I, I knew Harvey was right. Okay, thank you. Harvey Picard. Um, thank you, Final Neil. I appreciate that you got it in the chat too. So, <laughs> Bought a bunch of Harvey P. Carr comics and have yet to read all of them, but I've read some and they're good because I, I knew it was going to be good because I really liked American Splendor. But it, that was an achievement because like we've been doing that that show every three months for four years. It's like we just keep stacking up all of this cool shit, um, whether it's on the main feed or on Patreon, um, like so many things for us to be proud of. Paul's been running that show and he's been running the Better Batmobile. It's it's incredible. Paul basically makes our Patreon content amazing. So go check it out. Um, but yeah, it's, it was an achievement. I'm very excited that we finally got to do that movie. I am I'm, I'm always a little hesitant to get into some of that stuff like American Splendor or uh what's the Scarlett Johansson movie Ghost World like Ghost because, yeah, Ghost yeah, World. yeah. Mm-hmm. because sometimes some of those Gen X writers they get a little bit up in like their own BS uh, <laughs> sure and I'm not always a fan of that like I was definitely not a big fan of Ghost World even though I know a lot of people love it I sure. believe it, it might be Paul's favorite comic I think I don't I don't know so Paul don't hate me Paul's it's favorite just, comic is Love and Rockets. Come on, yeah, dude. that's true. Yeah, definitely Love and Rockets. <laughs> it's just not my jam. So, but but I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I love I love the the movie club uh, because I love movies and I love watching movies about comics and this just yeah, gives man. me an excuse to revisit some stuff. So that's been a lot of fun to follow through all these four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, one other thing that I will say for this upcoming year, like I feel like we talk about a lot of the people on the show pretty regularly because that's you know everyone's part of the show makes the show who they are we are finally after eight years <laughs> we're going to be doing a panelist series of i read comic books uh, where we're going to go in reverse chronological order of when people join the show to talk about them so we're going to do like episodes where we just focus on that person's interest maybe we'll read a book but that they really really love maybe we'll just you know, poke and prod them and ask them questions about what kind of stuff they're into that maybe is or is not related to comics. Um, it's going to be really, really fun. And it's funny enough because next week's episode is going to be all about Zach. Um, yeah. And then after that, we're going to be going in reverse chronological order for when people join the show. <clears throat> I'm going to probably make some fun special show art for those episodes along with whatever books or whatever we talk about. Um, but it'll be really, really cool. And I'm really excited to like talk about everybody on the show so we're going to try to do one of those like every four or five weeks depending how the schedule lines up um and more to come on that as we get things announced and as always another plug for patreon we do these monthly schedule updates or ircb monthly updates where i kind of just lay out what's on the land for ircb for the upcoming month um you get access to like what our patreon schedule is going to look like what our public feed is going to look like plus whatever other events we may have going on so um yeah, if you're not on Patreon, what are you doing with your time? But uh, that's that's it's really exciting that we're going to be doing that because I'm excited to talk to Zach. And I'm also excited to at some point down the line. And I know Xander's going to edit this episode. and He's going to say no out loud in his house. <laughs> we are probably going to try to talk to Xander at some point. And I think I'll edit that episode. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, eventually we're going to talk to everybody on the show. Um, it'll be I think the last three will be Nick and Paul and then xander and then me i don't know how we're gonna handle it but we'll do it it's gonna be really really fun but uh that's like a 2025 problem <laughs> because we've got way too many people on the show it, it'll it'll have to be like the steve brule episode where he like in, in in uh interviews his brother and it's just him playing both oh yeah i'll, I'll we'll ask- just have you on both sides 
<laughs> yes, yes. What I'll probably do is I'll just record a bunch of pre-recorded answers, yeah. and then I'll put a TV right next to me, and then every time I need to answer a question, I'll just use a remote or something. Um, that'll be fun. Again, twenty twenty-five oh problem God. for me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This this past year has been really cool. It's been it's been interesting to see how we've been able to like break out a lot of responsibilities internally. I don't know. That's like a really really interesting thing for me. I I asked for like a big hand of help earlier this year just because i was kind of struggling keeping the entire thing together which resulted in like a lot of really cool stuff happening like danny took over basically running our youtube channel um kate took over running our instagram account and generating a bunch of really cool stuff that we've been posting on tiktok and instagram and youtube um and it's been really fun to like have the the three of us plus we've got a couple of other people involved just playing around with goofy stuff that we potentially could do on social media. And I know that that's not like a super fun, cool thing to talk about on a comic book podcast, but it's been fun to like see how we fit in the greater, grander scheme of like the internet as a show, because I think we are very much off the beaten path for a lot of people. I think a lot of our survey results um, have shown that people come to us for like, non-standard recommendations for comics and that's like a huge point of pride for me to know that we're able to give people recommendations about comic books that they maybe couldn't have maybe wouldn't have heard of versus i think a lot of other podcasts no offense to zach and danny here love your guys' shows <laughs> um uh but <laughs> well no but you guys you know it's other shows in general you know maybe we'll be talking about whatever the hottest book is right and we aren't necessarily that show all the time right like i would love to be talking about god's number four but man i just don't subscribe to marvel books anymore so I'm on that MU delay and there's no way I'm talking about the latest Marvel books. I'm sorry. I really want to read Ultimate Spider-Man, but I will not bring myself to buy it digitally. Um, so I'm just going to wait for the subscription, you know, in a couple of months when it'll eventually get there. So it's so um, fucking good. I well, That's ugh, that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> but, hey, I've heard so many things. If anybody at Marvel's watching, send those review copies. We will I, talk about your books. If you send would, those review copies, I would gladly talk about all of the Marvel books if they comped us. That was those books. Um, but who knows? I gotta I gotta get on the phone with uh, CK Sabol or whatever the hell his name is. Tom Brevort. CB Sabolsky. Yeah. I think Mickey Mouse runs know. that now. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah, I'll get on the yeah me and me and Walt. I'll get on the phone with Walt's yeah. frozen head. Um, this is definitely how you get Marvel to send yeah, right. you comps, right? Not Steamboat uh, Willie, though. He doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> right. I'm, we're going to start making all of the IRCB branded merch is just going to be Steamboat Willie based nice. um, for 2024. <laughs> um, anyways, I, I don't know. I Danny, did you have another thing you wanted to talk about? Because otherwise, I've got a fun little guessing game that I wanted to get into before we wrap up the show here. So, Mike, yes. So you were talking about like the old days and I was like, I was trying to think back, like, okay, when did I start listening to the show? And I remember, oh, age old question. Yeah, I've sent emails before, and so I found my first email that I ever sent to. I sent this to the destroythesype.org uh, email. Yo, so that's this is from <laughs> August 18, twenty seventeen. Uh, now, by then, I had already been listening to the mm -hmm. show for a while, probably, but this was the first time that I was like. Oh, I should email these guys and, you know, yeah, Mike yeah, keeps yeah. talking about like send emails and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I wrote in because you guys asked for a comic book mixtape, uh, which I think it's an idea we should revisit Whoa, looking yeah, back at okay. this. Yeah. Uh, so I sent in a, a, a mixtape of Greg Pak books that, you know what, I think I'm going to, um, we should share this on the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think this. it's a pretty cool list. Uh, and I also sent in some messages for like everyone that was kind of on the show at the time i don't mm -hmm. think i don't know if 
Brian and Kate were on the show at the time yet. They might have been, but maybe I didn't. I hadn't heard as many of their episodes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I sent in a little blurb about everyone and kind of why. And you know, I talked about Mike and his love of the the X Men and uh, about how much you care about the podcast. I sent no then, uh, Mrs. For Xander about being a wizard because even back then that was a thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is when Nick was really hot on Valiant stuff. So like, you oh, know, yeah. that that's kind of what I talked to him about. Oh yeah. Um, and then Paul with the wrestling and Batman, like that's that's been his bread and butter since day one. Uh, and then also for Tia, because Tia really brought a different perspective uh, to to what I like, even comics in general, just like appreciating comics. So that was really cool. And also for Kate, because I think at the time she was running most of the Goodreads stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Renee, because he was the manga expert. So yeah, like reading back the email i the one thing i do love is that at the end i did say p.s if you ever need a special guest so even from I mean, back yeah. then even back I, but, then but then later we did have you on i mean like yeah. that i had to go through i went through and i found everybody's first episode that we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do for those episodes in the future we had you on as a guest as right. for the manga episode we talked about dragon ball right that's right um, that's right yeah. so uh, cool, even man. even back then, I was trying to weasel my way into the show. <laughs> and look at that. <laughs> and here you are. It only took six are. years for me to run one of the shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. So, but yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. So I think we should definitely do the mixtape thing again. Because I'm look, like, yeah. just looking at the list. Like, it's really cool. And we've known so many more creators now. For, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that it'd be really cool topic. I think. Man, I that is that is bringing me back this idea of like the comic book mixtape. Oh my gosh. Um, we'll have to, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that offline, Danny. Don't worry. Um, okay. Well, to wrap up the show here, I want to do a quick thing. Um, it looks like we have a winner for the IRCB Movie Club. It's going to be King of Comedy. I'm very excited to watch that movie again because it's awesome. Um, but it'll be fun to talk about with Brian and Paul um, in February. So we're gonna we're gonna say King of Comedy is our winner from 1982. And uh, for those of you watching on Twitch, uh, if you're listening live, I'm sorry, but those of you watching on Twitch, um, we're going to do a little guessing game. I asked everybody in the IRCB group to send me their best rendition of uh, their best rendition of the IRCB logo. And so I got a bunch of pictures from a bunch of people um, and I want you guys to go through. You all know the list of folks on the show. Tell me who drew these photos. So I'm going to share my screen here and... uh, Sorry again on Twitch. I don't know why we're getting these weird layouts, but um, I can't control it. Um, but still, you should be able to see these photos. So we're going to start with this. We're going to get it out of the way. We're going to start with this one right here. Who do you think drew this photo? Oh, that's cool. Hmm. We're going to do we got to do rapid fire answers here. Tia. OK, Nick. Uh, Danny. OK, Danny, who drew this? I did. That's why I did. Oh, it. <laughs> I dig it. Hell yeah. It's beautiful. For Tia's, those of you who are listening, we're going to yeah. send, we're going to post links to all these in the show notes, I promise. But uh, guessing Tia is both a, a compliment and a good guess, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So that was Danny's. Let's look at the next one. Let's look at the next one here. Um, we've got uh, this one right here. Who do you think drew this? Who do you hmm. think made this? Hmm. Hmm. intentionally kept the file names weird and numbered so that you wouldn't okay. know who they were. I want to say Paul. Okay. Hmm. Zach? Um, I'm going to go Renee. Okay. Nick? I'm going to go Kate, K-A-I-T-K. Kate Lamphere. You're all wrong. Ooh. Uh, oh, shit. The answer is Paloma. Oh. Paloma did this one. 
Yeah, you guys you can't forget about Paloma. Come on, what are you guys doing? Um, let's move on to the next one. Um, I've got a nice one here. Um, very mm. very well drawn yeah. with I think mm. colored pencil. Um, let's go. Let's go across the board. Let's start with Danny. Who do you think drew this one? Kate Lanfrey did this one, I think. Okay, okay. Zach, what do you think? I'm a, I, that was the name that was popping to me too. So I'm gonna go same. Kate Lanfrey. Okay. Um. Nick? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know if I can make a convincing case for anyone else on this. I, I, I would say Lamphere. You guys are unbelievable. This was Kate, Wrong again. This was Kate Lamphere. Oh, yeah, you guys so nice. nailed it. Oh, you, you man. Know, you know what it was? The attention to detail and the care that they uh, put into this yeah. picture. It okay. screams Kate. So Kate. There was okay. a real orderliness, yeah. I think, to it. I, I, just, uh, you know what? This makes me think that I should have done this one next. Um, mm. Or should have done this one first, because I might have thrown you here. Mm. Um, you know that mm. this isn't Kate, but this is someone else. Okay. Who do you think it is? Okay. Um, we're going to start with Nick. Who do you think this is? Gosh, I wish we, and I realize, I mean, the game, I don't know. I wish we, I don't know. There are different ways to do this. Now I know who isn't, but I know who's left. That said. I was going to go more complicated ways, yeah, show you all the photos okay. and have you assign it. Yeah. That's not fun. This is way This more is fun. more fun, but now it's like, you know, if we're trying to game it or whatever, but it's like, who cares? Um, <laughs> Nick's all about winning right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been playing yeah, Magic yeah, too much. You know, I've been playing Magic for a couple weeks, and now I just, you know, no. No, no, no. Um, hmm. All right, Nick, I'm skipping you. Danny, who do you think this I'm is? I'm going to say Zach. Okay. I'm going to say you Zach. You say Zach. Danny, who is this? I'm going to say Paul. Okay. Oh, and Zach, who do you think this is? Brian. You, oh. You guys are all wrong. Oh, uh, fuck, really? Man, this was this was Kara Shamborski. Oh, I guess I should Kara. point out the fact that I'm like, gosh, Mike, it's too bad that like every time we do one, you rule one out, but we still fucking <laughs> we suck at this, suck. so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> you Listen, know what? I, I knew this was going to be a challenge, and I'm so happy about it right now. <laughs> you, you know what threw me? The little fist at the bottom. I was like, oh, that seems like a kind of wrestling thing. That uh, might be Paul. That's what threw me at there. Mm. The, the little magazine thing at the bottom. I'm going almost only on God, hearing damn. a lot of these people talk on the podcast and what little I know about personalities from that. Because there's some people I haven't met yet, like fully. So that's been, I'm like, yeah. okay, so this like meticulous. Okay. Yeah, we could do this. Okay. Well, um, unfortunately, Riverside um, is not letting me share my screen anymore. So I think that's where we have to end oh. the game. Oh. I did have, uh, let me see what else I had. Uh, that was Danny's. That was Kara's. That was Paloma's. Mm -hmm. I did have one more, and honestly, I wish that I wanted to be able to show the episode. Oh, wait, we're back. We're back. Sweet. We're back. We're back. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're back. Okay. Um, I do have one more. Okay. One more. Um, this person. Well, you know what? Actually, no, I don't I have more than one more. That's that's not true. All right, let's do this. We're gonna say let's. Who is this one? Who drew this one? Uh, I want to say, oh, this feels very Brian. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nick, who do you think drew this one? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Brian sounds good. Okay. Brian sounds good. I was I was going back and forth between Brian and and Renee, but I I I think more Brian. Okay. Zach. The last time we were all in the same boat, it was right. I am. I'm gonna go Brian. Yeah. 
Okay, that's really cute because it was Renee. Oh, um, that, that was the. Uh, uh, so I knew it was one of them too. I knew it was one of them too. Well, um, okay, we're gonna. You know, I I realized that we're gonna maybe have to clip this from the entire um, audio episode. I'm just gonna say that, but I do want to show one last thing. I'll, I'll show one last thing before we wrap here, and that is the episode 400 art. I don't think anybody has fully seen this um, no. outside of the show. I don't remember if I sent this or not. Regardless, here is the episode 400 art. So cool. Um, it's maybe one of the coolest things we've ever had commissioned. And I'm sorry, people on 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 Twitch, it just doesn't look right. You're going to see this as part of the show. It's really, really cool. Look at your podcatcher. It's very, very nice. Um, we commissioned a, a cover for this episode from our good pal Flynn Nichols, who's done all the avatars for the show. So the art kind of looks similar. Um, but it's a very big, huge, cool mech where I'm piloting and all the rest of the IRCB folks are standing on the roof of this building as this mech is bursting from it. Um, it's maybe one of the coolest pieces of art that we've ever gotten for IRE comic books. That is awesome. And that's saying something because one time Danny <laughs> drew me at the Louvre. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's something years old, oh, old, yeah. old thing. It's, it's, um, in the one of the, it's in the first zine, if, I don't, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It very much is. Um, but it's a really cool cover. I hope you check it out. Um, we'll put a link to like the full size one. We'll post this on Patreon and stuff. Um, but it's really, really cool. I uh, can't thank Flynn enough um, for doing this. It's such a fantastic job with this. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I thank you guys for doing the guessing game. I hope that was fun. I hope everyone at home enjoyed that. Uh, those of you on on Twitch who watched it live. Um, but I guess I don't know. Any any last thoughts before we wrap up here, guys? This is the longest episode in IRCB history. I mean. Mike, I don't know how you have been doing this for so long, but <laughs> congratulations, man. Like, it's, I mean, you know, being a part of it is really cool. But even just as a listener, like I listen to this weekly, whether I'm in the show or not. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I I mean, I do love listening to myself, uh, but I also really enjoy the, the shows that I'm not on. Sure, uh, sure. So, yeah, dude, it's great. It's just every the people that you have assembled here. This is like some end game level like rosters mm -hmm. of people, right? So, yeah, congratulations man. and and we are I am very excited for whatever's to come in the future for this podcast and and everything else that we're doing. So, very excited for this year as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, well, Danny, that's the perfect send off for the episode. I appreciate that, man. Um, it's been an incredible ride. Um, I want to say sorry to Xander in advance for this long episode, but 9 years of the show is or eight years of the show hitting the ninth anniversary is crazy um here's to like nine more i don't know if i even want to wish that on myself <laughs> um but I, this show is nothing without the rest of you that is the thing like everybody who's listening the folks on the show folks who have participated in the show all of the guests everybody the show does not exist without the rest of you um so thank you for that obviously to xander this is my oscar speech the music isn't yet to start playing maybe that's going to happen in the actual edited version but um you know, this show doesn't exist without Xander either. Um, so we want to say thank you to Xander and uh, thank you to everyone who's contributed over the years. Um, thank you to my wife for letting me do this every Sunday for nine years, eight years straight, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, it's fantastic stuff. And uh, I really appreciate all the time and effort and energy that everyone's put in for listening and being a part of the community that we have, all the wonderful folks on Discord. Um, let's at least get through 2024. I'm, I'm very excited for what we have coming down the line um, and beyond. So next week's show is going to be great it's the first panelist episode zach's coming back it's going to be me and zach and paul talking about zach that's it we're going to see who even the hell this guy is his first episode was 378 and we're 
moving on to another 100 or 200 we'll see so um it's gonna be fun infinity shred is the best band in the universe they do all of our music can't thank them enough for their years of wonderful music go check out their latest ep where they re-recorded a bunch of their old songs in like their more modern style it's amazing uh xander is just a small alien piloting a large human mecha he also is our editor of our show uh i want to say thank you again to zach and nick and danny paul for proof listening everyone out there listening first time chat toad one thank you for joining us in the last minute of our show (laughs) until next time comics are good and so are you you